All right, how about hour number two on a Wednesday? Crazy day if you're an Astros fan trying to figure out what happened last night. Lance McCullers said it wasn't about tipping pitches. I just got beat. I threw bad pitches, and they hit them into the seats. There are some that believe it was that, but there was also a little bit of indicator indication going on. Pedro Martinez believes that's the case, and some others do as well. Astros down 2-1. That game four is tonight, and obviously a critical game. Astros need to even it up. Heck, they need to win a game to get back to Houston at this point because it is a 2-3-2 format. We've also talked CFP rankings. Tennessee, Oklahoma State, Georgia, Clemson, your top four. We got a story where Bill Self has been suspended for four games uh, to start the season, and we got Dan Snyder maybe finally thinking about selling the Washington football team? Apparently he's reached out to Bank of America Securities to explore potential transactions. Nobody knows exactly what that means, but that story hit the NFL today, one day after the trade deadline. All right, let's get into it on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. We do it every Wednesday about this time with Justin Wells of Inside Texas on 3.com. He is at Justin Wells 2424 on Twitter. Also, Justin, how are you? Hey now, doing pretty well, guys. It's... uh november and it's chilly and uh i'm it's it's that weather i'm talking about i love it Mm -hmm. yeah good Good time of the year yeah good crisp football weather and i'm sure manhattan kansas will bring some some crisp football weather this time of year justin mac brown used to talk about they'll remember november what they're going to remember about texas is how did they deal with these two purple teams they are running the show right now first it's k-state then it's TCU. Uh, as you've gotten ready for it this week, what are your first thoughts of Kansas State, especially after what you saw last Saturday? I think, <laughs> you know, Kansas State's a team at the beginning of the season, um, you know, with, with a Big 12 vote, I actually voted uh, for them to win the Big 12 championship. Hmm. Uh, I loved what team they were bringing back this year. I love what Chris Kleiman is doing. He's got his guys now. He's got his culture instilled. Um, it's, it's, it's such a good, solid program that doesn't beat themselves. They just play really good, smart football, complimentary football. And now I think, uh, watching them put 48 on Oklahoma state definitely got my attention and I'm hoping it got the Longhorns attention too, because that to me, this is, that's a team that doesn't really score that much. And for them to do that on, on a team, you know, it was just, um, that's an indicator of, of them peaking at the right time. Uh, and they've got such a good balance, not only on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, led by, you know, local Austin kid, uh, Deuce Vaughn, who's just, uh, you know, lightning in a bottle. I think this Kansas State team is good. I think they're starting to click at the right time. And if Texas needs a good test, if they want to get back, you know, get, get that confidence back that they may have lost in Stillwater a couple weeks ago, Going to Manhattan and winning that game is definitely the recipe. Yeah, Jay Wells, you know, it's going to be a tough one, but I still think the Horns have a chance. And, you know, you look at what they did against Oklahoma State, and hell yeah, that scares you. But you know that this Horns defense, especially that front seven, it's going to be hard for Kansas State to run the football. Who would you rather see at quarterback Will Howard or Adrian Martinez? You know, if you would have asked me this a couple weeks ago, I would have said Martinez. Uh, you know, we, we, we got to see Howard a little bit last year, and, and I don't think he was just quite ready. Uh, he's better. 
now. And so th- that's another kid that Clement and those guys have developed. I'll be honest, it's pick your poison. I think they can win with either one of these guys. Martinez is a little more scary because I think the dual threat style quarterback has given Texas some trouble this year. And, and instead of the guy like a, a pocket guy, more or less, like Howard could be. And so either one is, is, is kind of pick your poison at this point. Uh, I, I think Martinez adds more of a, um, a, an ad lib improv type style where you constantly have to pay attention to him and knowing Texas defense is, you know, issues getting off the field on third down. I'd probably go with Will Howard, but either way, you need to watch what you ask for because I think both those guys can play winning football. And Clyman and those guys put those those quarterbacks in tremendous positions, and it certainly helps when you get to hand the ball off to a Deuce Moran. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup. By the way, third down percentage, 113 in the country for Kansas State. Boy, it didn't feel like that against Oklahoma State. Maybe they just didn't need third down. Maybe that's what it is. But they're only at 32% on third down. That's going to be huge for Texas. Can they get them off the field in those situations? Talking with Justin Wells. Justin, another big thing for me, of course, it's going to be Texas converting those third downs. Can they stay out there on offense and really impose their will? Talk to me about Ewers after what we saw against Oklahoma State. Now it's a week off. And Sark says they've been talking about you know some of the things I know Ewers talked about some of the things that Sark's dealt with in his career as a quarterback down days down games how to adjust to it what do you think we're going to see out of uh, out of number three and now his second true road game ever you're going to see a better quarterback guys you know understand uh, you know every quarterback goes through that those stinkers you know that first pick you know on his first drive against ULM. His first true road game, uh, and he doesn't play that well against Oklahoma State. I think those are just the, the you know growing up the pains that you get with, with a with a freshman quarterback that that's going through the the, the schedule for the first time. Um, I, but I think nothing could have been better for this group than the bye week because it not only allowed this group to get a lot healthier, but there was a lot of times, especially in the second half, where receivers just weren't on the same page. It wasn't so much viewers missing throws as much as it was receivers not finishing routes, not running the correct route, not turning to the right shoulder. It was a lot of that. And I think the best thing that could have happened for Texas was the bye week to, to, to iron out a lot of those things. You know, last night we, ta- we, ta- we talked on, on, on Texas Football, the YouTube, our YouTube show in, Inside Texas, about you know, what would give Texas hope to, to win this K-State game. And I simply said the bye week. You're giving Sark 13 to 14 days to prep for this team. And I, I think that's huge. I think watching Kansas State do what they did against Oklahoma State was also big because you saw, you saw Kleiman use a lot of the bullets I think they were probably holding on to for most of the season. You're starting to see more of the identity and what they're good at to come out. And so for viewers, this is, uh, that, that, off, that off week was big. It allowed these guys to all kind of, refocus and regroup and, and figure out not only, you know, what's not working, but what is working, figure out how to, they can run the ball more effectively in the fourth quarter, because they've been able to run up and down the field. The first three, it's that fourth quarter where you want to be able to adjust and, and find a few holes, a few creases to, to, to move the chains. Cause that's essentially the, the difference in Texas, you know, being at five and three and then having two wins in Big 12 play on the road. If they were able to stomp on the throat, you know, going into the fourth quarter with leads, I think this is a different team. I think we're having a different conversation. But this is reality. Quinn had a stinker, and, and that's what freshman quarterbacks do. 
And I got to tell you, I've seen this kid for over five years. Those are rare. And, and, and now usually the, the, he, he comes back and, and, and he figures out what he did wrong and he adjusts. To me, that's the biggest thing for Texas. If I'm Kansas State, there's a little worry there because I know you're not going to see that same kid. You're not going to see some of those mistakes, and definitely the receivers are going to definitely be on a, on the same page a little bit better. So, to me, I think going into this, it could not have been better coming off of a bye week. Yeah, Jay Wells, you know, you hear about another player's meeting, and I'm with you. The bye week kind of came at a better time, but one thing that you just said that stuck with me is the fact that even though Quinn was so bad, the wide receivers, they didn't give him much help, and there's been a lot of questions about that third wide receiver. Like, Casey Kane, he just hasn't came along like we thought he would have, and yes, we could go back to the Isaiah Nayor not being around situation, but here we are. We got four games. Games left. We got to roll with the receivers that we have. Do you see Savion Red getting more tick or, you know, Tyreek Milton? Hell, we saw Brendan Thompson have that nice run after the catch against Oklahoma State. How can Sark get more of these guys involved where you could free up, you know, Xavier Wordy, who's having so much of attention, and also Jordan Winnington? Yeah, the third receiver's big. Um, it, it's a lot bigger than I think we anticipated at the beginning of the year. Uh, you said it. Savion Red's a kid that can come in and, and get some grabs. To me, Tariq Milton, I think, would be the, the choice just because when he has played this year, he's made, he's made catches. This is a guy that, that he's a smart, savvy kid that's been through the, the, the rigors of a Big 12 schedule before. And so I think he's one that, that if you give him the opportunity, he could probably make a few plays. But Brendan Thompson's the answer. I mean, if you don't see his burst, I don't know what to tell you. This is a kid, just get him the ball in space and watch him go. You know, what he might lack in the nuances of route running and things of that sort, he's going to get. This is a true freshman out of Spearman, Texas, and this is a kid that, that's got just so much God-given ability and speed. You only saw, you know, you saw him in like second gear with that burst against Oklahoma State. You didn't see him in third or fourth when this kid moves. I mean, his legs are churning like he's the roadrunner getting chased by a wily coyote. <laughs> I mean, this dude could just, he, he's, he can go. And so, to me, I want to see more Brendan Thompson. And, and, and the key there is just going to be getting him the ball in space because, like I said, once, you, once he sees a crease, that joker is gone. And I think that this is a point in the season where you start to find guys you can rely on. And, and that third receiver is big. They know what they're going to get with Xavier Worthy. There's probably going to be some bracket coverage over him. They know what they get with Jordan Whittington. There's all, his underneath stuff's always going to be open and, and, and available. But you want a big play? I think BT is the guy, number 11. Look at Brendan Thompson because hmm. <laughs> he is the ultimate equalizer in that speed that he brings to the field. And I think he's the guy that if you can just come up with a package of plays, he could really show you something. Justin, quick recruiting question. Somebody was texting in about Cedric Baxter, the running back commit, and uh, I guess there are stories out there about Florida State continuing the push and trying to get him to stay in state. What would you tell Texas fans right now about Cedric Baxter? He's not flipping. Okay. <laughs> there you go. All right. There it All is. All right, there. Yeah, appreciate that one, Jay. Understand this, re- understand this recruitment. I, you know – a lot, you know, each one's different. I know I say that a lot, but it, it cannot be more true. Each one of them is so different. And understand about Cedric Baxter, I think the way Texas has handled his recruitment is the best way possible. Deshar Choice 
It could not have recruited this kid any better. Like, he built this relationship over the last few years before he got to Austin. And, and this is a guy that he got, he's really close with his family. He's really close with that, that whole situation with, with Cedric and, and what he offers. This kid loves Texas, but he also loves Coach Choice. And here's my thing. You know, people, will, I, you know, you're going to be worried when an out-of-state kid takes visits, especially late in the season. It's always something to monitor. It's always something you got to watch just because that's just the way it goes in recruiting. Out-of-state kids tend to can go in different directions. But understand this, anybody that's recruiting against Texas and the running backs, what are you selling that Texas doesn't do? Are, 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 you, are you selling that B. John Robinson is looking incredible? Are you selling that Rashawn Johnson in a backup role has over 2,000 career yards? What are you selling? You know, it's interesting. I went and saw DeSoto the other day and Trey Wisner, the other running back commit, and he's got Florida State coming at him and Texas A&M pushing for a visit. And I asked him the same question. I said, you know, what's the sales pitch? Did, uh, is there any way to, to negative recruit Texas in the running back position? And he said, no, not really. <laughs> when you watch him on Saturdays, you watch the run game. Tell me a better situation. You know, Cedric Baxter has himself set up with an incredible youth of offensive linemen, large humans. He's got a quarterback in Arch Manning that's going to come. That's the best thing you could ask for for a running back. And so right now, it's all rumors. It's all talk. It's all chatter. It's somebody on Twitter says something, and, and, and then it takes on a life of its own. When If you look at the actual recruitment, you look at the reality of it, Cedric Baxter loves being a Longhorn. Yeah, he's taking a few trips. That, that's natural. That's going to happen. But right now, I highly doubt this kid is going to flip simply because Texas offers him more than any other program, especially at his position. Right. Yeah, it will make me want to stay too, Jay Wells. Yeah. Let's go to the hardwood. The Horns beat the brakes off of the Arkansas Razorbacks this past Saturday at the Mood, 90-60. to 60. What did you take away from that performance in the exhibition game? Well, I was very surprised um, just because Arkansas has a ton of talent. I mean, that group, they had an exhibition, I believe, the weekend before, and they looked incredible, you know, up and down the floor, floor flying. Um, I, I, I mean, it's exhibition, so you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt. But, look, Texas has a really good mixture of veterans and youth. And, and to me, I always find that fascinating when you look at championship teams in the past. They've always had good veterans, good leadership, and they always get a boost from that freshman or sophomore class that, that's got some real talent. And that's exactly what Texas has. This is a roster that, that can do a lot of damage. And we've talked about this before today. You know, to me, the point guard is, is the most important position in basketball. It will always be. And when you get a guy like a Tyrese Hunter, that tends to – set the table very well for everyone else. Uh, you know, finding a point guard is so important, and, and I know it was such an issue for Shaka when he was here because it was just so many guys that were either more scoring types or, you know, not so much passing uh, guys that, that, that opened up the offense, the dribble drive types. They just weren't your quintessential point guards. Tyrese Hunter is that dude. And if, and if that one position is nailed down like him, that allows Marcus Carr – to do what he does. He's a volume score type guy that allows him to play off the ball a little bit more and do what he's good at. Not to mention the bigs that are in there from Timmy Allen to Dylan Deshue 
you got Mitchell, who's going to be a future lottery pick. You know, we talk about this each before each basketball season, just, you know, kind of what Texas basketball could be, what it is. And right now, this is a group that (laughs) this looks, I don't want to say too much, but they look really, really good. Not just in an exhibition against a good Arkansas team, but on paper. They have a lot of question marks from last year that I think have been answered this year. And now you give Chris Beard and those guys their second year. You give them that second year of culture. I'm telling you, I don't put too much stock into it. It is exhibition. But I will say, Arkansas is going to be a good basketball team this year. And to me, that's a small indicator of just how far this basketball team for Texas has gone. Yeah, I was really impressed with Arterio Morris, the 19 points he had, the Dallas Kimball uh, native. Now, some people are wondering, is all that stuff, that's off-the-court stuff, is that behind Texas? Uh, Coach Beard and the staff, they dealt with that already, right? Far as I know. All right, good deal. <laughs> far as I know, I'm not diving into it. Far as I know, that's that's been resolved. Very cool. Good news there. Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com at Justin Wells, 2424. Justin, enjoy that cooler weather. Enjoy the beginning of November. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully, we can talk about Texas beating Kansas State. Have a good one. Have a new. Hey, guys, guys, appreciate you. Nothing but love. Thanks, Jay Wells. All right. Texas and Kansas State, 6 o'clock on Saturday. Justin also impressed with the way that basketball team looked. Remember, Monday and Thursday of next week, their first two games. If you have not gotten out to the Moody Center yet or you weren't out there with Zay and the, uh, the crowd that got out there for the exhibition, the first two regular season games are next week, Monday and Thursday. All right, coming up, it is your Flex 30 segment. We've got some high school football games moving because of some weather that's coming in. We'll tell you about that. A couple players by the numbers mentions because there are great stats out there on some of these kids. And we've got more all-Flex volleyball finalists for you. Last week of regular season headed towards the playoffs in high school football. We'll get into that. Zay's got Where We At in Society at 145. And Chip Brown of Horns247.com coming up at 2.05 to talk more Longhorns. Stay with us. It's the Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Rolling through a Wednesday, November underway. World Series in November used to be a big deal. Nah, not anymore. Uh, it is game four tonight. Astros trying to regroup after losing seven to nothing. All right, Zay, I am not. Uh, I'm not grabbing this one. Rock and roll is good music. What is this? Jefferson Starship. Yeah. Rock music. No. Nope. Yep. See, it's going to be before my time. Before my time. Not quite the 80s version of Jefferson Starship. It's not bad. 
Not bad. Jefferson Starship, the Motels, and Metal Church have all been on the show today. We hope you are having a good Wednesday. Before we do anything else, let's send our best out to our man, Bucky Godbolt. You hear Bucky and Aaron every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Uh, you probably heard him talk about it on the show this week. Bucky had a medical procedure uh, yesterday, needs a little bit of rest uh, for a day or so. I mean, it was like a tube in the throat and a thing and then trying to get some stuff done there. Uh, so something that, uh, that needed to be done for Buck. He's going to be off tomorrow as well. So we wish Bucky nothing but the best. Uh, and it's got to be a challenge for Bucky, uh, Zay, or anybody like us that, that talks for a living if you can't talk for yeah. a, day, a day or so. Yeah, yeah. Kind of need your voice, yeah. definitely. And That's Bucky, rough. he's been doing it for a while. Remember, he's yelled out a lot of players during his day <laughs> when he was coaching. That's so right. I feel like the vocal cords, they're getting a little older. Sometimes you need to take a little bit off, and Buck's doing that by getting treatment and getting surgery. So I hope he's good. Buck, uh, we hope you're doing well. And I just I texted him, you know, make sure your wife is uh, is taking care of things. You think Bucky's a good or like a good patient or a real needy patient? Needy. Needy. Super needy? Super needy. Like rings the bell. Yeah, I was going to say, we get yeah. him a bell. And right yeah. when the w- wife walks in. Yeah, babe, babe, help! Oh, Oh. I'm so hurt. I'm so hurt, man. And he'll milk it too. He'll he'll milk Uh it. Uh huh. Yeah. Pillow. Yeah. Pillow. Yeah. Fluff the pillow for him. Come on, babe. Pillow. (laughs) Make sure he doesn't have hotel, um, hotel comforters where it's too tight. You know, George. Oh yeah, you don't. You don't want that too tight. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Bucky, I hope you get better very, very soon. And uh, Bucky is uh, probably going to be back. uh, Might be back on Friday on B&E. So check that out every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. Shout out to uh, Ty Harrington, to Coach uh, Ty Harrington for sitting in with uh, Aaron the last couple days. By the way, they talked to Roger Clemens today. The Rocket. Might want to check that out after uh, the crazy game three last night with the Astros. That was good. Also, the afternoon guys talked to Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram yesterday about the Cowboys and the lack of movement on the NFL's trade deadline day. We also have some good Longhorn breakdown on there for you as well. Our conversation with Jeff Ward yesterday is at hornfm.com. Jeff Howe breaking things down along with Craig in the Longhorn Notebook, talking about that uh, players-only meeting, the second one of the year, and some other stuff getting ready for K-State. All that at hornfm.com. Calm. All right, let's get into your flex segment. We'll start with the volleyball players and tell you about a couple games that have been moved. Here we go. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. FLXATX.com. It's where you can find the All-Flex Volleyball finalists. And we had the All-Flex watch list with the volleyball players as well. Now we are cutting it down to the finalists. Apparently, if you want a badass middle blocker, you name her Mackenzie. All right, only two of them. But Mackenzie Boyer from Vandegrift makes the finalist list 6-3 and committed to... LSU. That'll be a fun time in college. Louisiana State. How about that? That'll be a fun time. Go play volleyball over at LSU. It's a nice facility they've got. 107 blocks headed into the playoffs for McKenzie. Another McKenzie is McKenzie Bell of Buda Johnson. She's also class 23. A, uh, she's going to the same state. She is a Louisiana commit. 
going to be a raging Cajun. 94 blocks and 442 kills headed into their first ever playoff appearance. Best of luck to all of our big time. area playoff teams. That is awesome. Uh, Kyra Dove, great name, from Hendrickson, committed to Jackson State. Um, we saw a lot of Jackson State over the weekend with primetime having That's right. game day out there. So, That's right. They definitely have fun in Jackson State, Mississippi. That is it, man. She'll be headed to Jackson State, 106 blocks, 399 kills going into the playoffs. Hendrickson, the district champs. Congratulations to the Hawks there. And finally, Lucia Lange of Hayes, a junior this year, uh, but already committed to Utah Tech, broke the school's single-season block record with 150 so far this Damn. year. Wow. Averages 1.2 blocks per set. Congrats to those middle blocker finalists. You can see that full list at flxatx.com. couple of notes on games that are moving. If you are following this Westlake team and the string that they've got, I think the next one would be 50 in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, Zay, they're going to... <laughs> you've been a part of it, Zay. You should really... Oh, my god! You should take on part of that 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 ownership of that. Uh, but, no, Westlake is going to move their game to tomorrow at 7 because of the weather that's coming in. Apparently, big thunderstorms on Friday evening. Also, Weiss and Hutto are going to move their game to tomorrow. We might see some more of those games move, so keep your eyes peeled for that. We do know we have Thursday action for you tomorrow with LBJ and Vandegrift, both scheduled to play on Thursday. Uh, How about Latravion McCutcheon, one of my favorite names, but also favorite defensive players in the area? He had seven tackles, an interception for a touchdown, and a fumble return for a touchdown in their last game. Pretty good. He's all right. Yeah, definitely yeah. following in Big Bro's footsteps. Big Bro, who's overplaying for Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal. Those McCutcheons, they could ball now. For yeah. Sure. Oh, he's so so good. Uh, LBJ and Crockett is tomorrow night at seven thirty, and we've got remember Cedric Alexander sixty sixty five or so yards away from that all time rushing record in AISD, and then Vandergriff will be finishing up their season at Westwood, finishing up the regular season at Westwood, and that's a seven o'clock start. That's on. 1019 and AM 1260. All the LBJ games for you on 105.3 The Bat. So uh, you can also check out the Players by the Numbers article this week brought to you by the good folks at Data Savior. Uh, Thanks to our man Derek Cohen of the Flex staff for compiling this every week. We talked about uh, Quentin Joyner, eight carries, 174, four touchdowns. We hit that one. There's a lot of great running backs throughout the area doing good work. Uh, Cameron Cook at Stony Point, we haven't talked about him in a while, but 254 yards and four touchdowns, not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad. On the quarterback front, Mason Cochran of Round Rock, 289 yards and five touchdowns in three quarters. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Need a rest. He yeah, go ch- he, he's still mad about that loss to Vandergriff, and yes. he's taking it out on anybody who's in his way. Dude, I'm telling you, you Vandergriff definitely had the plan that, that night. They were physical enough. They tackled enough. But, man, Mason Cochran makes you deal with him all night long. Yeah, not many quarterbacks put their head down. And you knew the dude was tough when he said, yeah, I've watched Josh Allen tape. Josh Allen, Wyoming tape. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. When Josh Allen was running over 
everybody where he was bigger than everybody in that whatever league he used to play. And what's Wyoming? Mountain West? Uh, I think they're still Mountain West. Yeah, Mountain West is dominating the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, when he said that, that showed me a lot about his toughness and the way he operates on the field. No doubt, no doubt. Flex segment every day here at 1.30. Check out flxatx.com, the all-flex watch list. We're going to get those, uh, the football watch list down to the three finalists as we get here to the uh, towards the end of November. So keep track of it at Flex ATX. And then hit Flex ATX on all your social media. Uh, they got all kinds of stuff covered. Check out the scoreboards and follow along on Thursday and Friday nights as well. Going to be really cool to see Cedric Alexander get that record tomorrow. Assuming he can get that 66 yeah, or 67 yeah, I or mean, whatever it is. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, He could be stopped tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> can anybody stop the guy? No. I don't he'll, think he'll, so. No, he'll, he'll get it. He'll get it in the first quarter. So be there early if you, if yes. you want to see it. Get, <laughs> get there early because that record will be broken maybe in the first two minutes. No doubt. No doubt about that. Alright, uh, a lot of football obviously on the board with Texas getting ready for K-State. This weekend in college football football you have i believe it is three ranked matchups yes two in the sec with the tennessee georgia game and bama lsu and then one in the acc that stacked powerful acc that zay loves so much zay wake at nc state it's a ranked matchup can you feel the power of that ranked matchup well you know it's something (laughs) i guess you know Hey, hey, they play hard. You know, I'm, what am I to say that these guys don't play hard and they don't deserve to be ranked? They definitely deserve to be ranked. It's just, come on. Come on. How can you look at all these Big 12 teams and say the ACC is better and throw Clemson in there at number four and not show TCU no love? That's so disrespectful. We get it. We just talked about it earlier. Yeah. Clemson's a blue blood now. Dabo's made them a blue blood with the way that they've been winning with guys like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, and now they're benefiting from that by somehow finessing their way into the top four. Also, I wonder if, do you think TCU is not getting, like, is TCU not getting the love they would have gotten had they beaten, say, Texas? Like beating the brand of Texas, even if it's not a current badass brand, would the committee give them more love if they'd beaten them? Yeah, because clearly they think highly of Texas, throwing them in there, only three lost team in the top 25, putting them number 24. So, yeah, you could definitely say that. Because they're going to, I mean, the, the teams they've beaten, now we know Oklahoma's not that this year, but Oklahoma was ranked when they played them and they hung a double nickel on them. 55. Yeah. Got no credit. Apparently for that, and then it's Kansas, it's Oklahoma State, but they were a top ten team. You found a way to beat them. You beat a top ten team, hard fought game at home, and somehow you don't get credit for that. And I know they don't respect K State. Uh, oh, they definitely don't respect them. I mean, yes, they they put them at thirteen ultimately in their first rankings, but they're not going to give you love for beating a team like that. Whereas they're going to give Alabama plenty of love for losing to the number one team, and they're going to give Clemson love for some of the team. They, yeah, because they could easily say. TCU, y'all had to come back on a team that Kansas State destroyed with their backup quarterback. Right. Yeah, no, that's true. You're right. The The closeness of that game plus the blowout quality last week, they're going to factor that in. The committee will tell you they don't factor those things no, in. No, we don't do that. Oh, we just look at the games this year, all the games this season. We don't look at last season. Yeah, they're definitely going to tell you that. Style points have always been style points. 
It just has always been that way. Steve Spurrier used to gripe about it back in the day when he used to try to hang 50, 60, 70 on people because he thought, hey, man, I know it, it, the better I can make that look, the more it's going to affect you know, affect things. Back then, he didn't even have a playoff system. He just had a weird, you know, weird bowl system. Eventually, it got, it got to two teams, and yeah. he was just trying to figure out how to get attention. Because uh, again, this is the pageant part. This is where you're you're essentially getting a judged version of what's going on. All Sonny Dykes can do is say, "Let's go win our games. We've won every game we've played." The committee now is cutting that all apart, taking it apart, and judging it. And in the end, they thought that Clemson deserved that number four spot. Oh, they're cutting it down like a damn ransom note. They like, are. It's, <laughs> it's, they're being very nitpicky, and clearly they got their favorites and who they want. And, and, and it's always been like that. We know it's been politics to a certain extent, but there's a lot of football to play. We also have not talked about TCU's non-conference. Just real quick, if you're going to rip on Michigan's non-conference, TCU's ends up being... Colorado, Tarleton State, SMU. And Tarleton State's that kind of team that you may want to think about scheduling when you get to the SEC, Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah. That's the kind of teams that get scheduled right now. Um, you know, for some, hey, you some easier ones. You can't say that uh, the Toledo or what well, I'm, I'm sorry, the Tulane loss to Kansas State is big because you got them number 19. Right. You can't say that, you know, okay, TCU, y'all beat Kansas State, the same team that lost to Tulane. Well, Tulane, they seven and one. Sitting at 19 in the nation right now. They so, are. So that Tulane team, that's pretty good down there in uh, New Orleans. Yeah, well, you need to also double check is they're gonna, if they're going to set up a 12-team playoff and say that the top six – Con, right, top six ranked conference champions are going to get in, or how are they going to structure it? Tulane right now would be the highest ranked non FBS team, non Power Five. So the question is, would everybody be okay with a, a bunch of these other teams, but then Tulane shows up? Yeah. Would everybody, <laughs> what? Would everybody be all right with that? Because that's what you're going to have to live with, I think, depending on what kind of playoff they actually set up. We will see what happens there, and obviously we'll see what happens with all these games. Tennessee-Georgia, a one-versus-three matchup in Athens this week. It's going to be awesome. The 2.30 kick on CBS just feels right. It's going to be such a good-looking game, that bright-ass orange (laughs) against that bright-ass red right there between the hedges. That is going to be a lot of fun to watch, and I hope it comes right down to the end. Yeah. You got a gut on that one right now? It's going to be tough for Tennessee. It's something about that stadium in Athens, something about that team. They got to be pissed because they're not getting the love they probably think they deserve winning the national championship last year. They'll be edgy. Haven't lost any games. So it's definitely a spicy matchup. I'll I'll be locked in for sure. Oh, yeah. Nolan Smith is out for the year, though, for Georgia, but we know they have other dogs on defense, pardon the pun, Uh, and then the way they use Bowers and those guys on offense. I want to see that offense continue to click, continue to play well. Overall, Georgia has not had a badass schedule. They've had some games that you kind of forget about them. That close game with Missouri was weird. They had a couple games where it was closer than it was supposed to be, and then eventually they won the game. So let's see how they react. Tennessee can go in there and play with their hair on fire, man. They're playing They're playing with house money here. I know they're number one, but they get to go play with house money because everybody's expecting Georgia to win. Hey, somebody guard Jalen Hyatt, Pete, please. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean don't let him run free please. 30 yards somebody by himself? Somebody guard him. <laughs> he has like 15 touchdowns right now. It's dumb. It's stupid. It is crazy. How crazy that he went in that Alabama game and how good of a season he's having. Shout out to him. Yeah, Josh Heupel giving them 
all those opportunities. Hooker will take his shot at Hyatt, and he will do it uh, a long way. Loves the deep shots to that guy as well. So pay attention, Georgia, on defense. All right, a lot of college football to get to. Uh, We'll talk more Texas at 205 with Chip Brown of Horns 24-7. Up next, where are we at in society? Isaiah's going to let us know on the horn. At In-N-Out, we like to think of ourselves as the vintage muscle car of burgers. After all, both are handcrafted, made with an appreciation for every detail. One with the finest materials, the other with the freshest ingredients. And seeing either one brings a smile to your face. Muscle cars and double-doubles are all-American classics, and both are gone in seconds. It's Aaron Hogan, and Bud Light is proud to announce they are the official domestic beer of the Texas Longhorns, the Texas Exes, and the Red River Showdown. Be on the lookout for the new limited edition Longhorn cans and bottles wherever you buy beer. The beautiful burnt orange Bud Light will also be available at DKR. So grab one while you cheer on your Longhorns this football season. Bud Light is brewed in Texas since 1982. It's made for Texans by Texans. And be on the lookout for the Bud Light wherever you buy beer and that beautiful Texas Longhorn packaging. Bud Light, brewed deep in the heart of Texas and proud out of it. Wednesday. Hope you're having a good one. Oh, I think I've got this one, Zay. We're going back to the 80s here, right? Uh, I thought this was 90s. Was it more 90s? All right. All right. No, maybe maybe it is 90s. All right. So this is, uh, it's called like, I don't want to fall in love, right? Don't want to fall in love. And it's. Uh, yes. Don't want to fall in love. Crazy hair and the nose ring connected to the ear ring. Jane Childs. Jane Childs. Yeah. She was, like, scary hot. You know? Aren't I right? Isn't she the one that had the chain going? Yeah, yeah. She had a lot going on. I never understood why you would want to do the chain from the nose to the ear. There's just too much potential for something to go wrong. Trying to be different. Man, that's just too much of a chance that somebody could grab a hold or something could grab a hold of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like, I'm at somebody's house. I, I, I squat down to pet the dog because I love dogs so much. Dog grabs a hold of it, runs across the room. We're done. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need some plastic surgery after that, most likely. Right? Yeah, that's rough. She was uh, she was very talented though, and had you talk about a look, a look that was only hers. Man, she only looked like Jane Child. Nobody else was was copying that one back in the day. Jane Childs, Jefferson Starship, the Motels and Metal Church, all a part of the show today. We got Chip Brown coming up, Horns 24-7. Uh, speaking of those guys, Longhorn Blitz podcast tonight at 7 with Jeff and Rod and Matt. As Texas comes out of the bye week uh, and tries to tweak some things up to head to Manhattan, going to be a tough one. I have not checked the line today, Zay. Still Texas by two and a half. It's what it was yesterday. Texas by three. Oh my god. A little bit of money on Texas in the last oh, day. Don't like that. I'm just... Don't don't like that. Yeah, I'm just saying. Can we beat the underdog ever? Please? I don't know. It is rare. 
It is rare, and I think this week you should be. This week, Kansas State, 13 in the in the rankings. Texas is 24. By the way, thanks to the person who let me know, as of last night, this is a ranked matchup now. I was going off the AP. This is now another ranked matchup, yeah. so we have four of them. Yeah. Um, but I think Texas, uh, excuse me, I think Kansas State needed the love on this one. They're, they're 13 ranked in the, the CFP, and I think you'd get money. I mean, if, for all the people that love to bet Texas – why not let them do that by making Kansas State like a field goal favorite? Yeah. You give if they're gonna bet Texas minus three, well, you're gonna get a little money on the plus three. Come uh, on. Hey, Vegas, you know they know what's best. So yeah, they, I'm not gonna knock what they do. If they feel like Texas should be here, then hey, more power to them. Texas go out and prove it. Yeah, that's true. All right, Chip Brown coming up, more Texas talk. I want to get his thoughts on that second players-only meeting and ultimately what it meant. I know he wrote an article about that this week at Horns 24-7. Right now, though, it's where are we at in society. Let's see what Zay's got for us. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay. All right, man, this is a crazy story. So former heavyweight boxer Goran Gajic, I probably botched the name if I did, oh well, allegedly used commercial container ships to transport over $1 billion worth of the cocaine. Cocaine. Billion? The blow. Yes. Not a million. Not a million. Billion. Billion. The blow from Colombia to Europe via U.S. cedar of cocaine from the MSC... Guyan at the port of Philadelphia, which is one of the largest in U.S. history. He's bringing that much. He's bringing coke into Philly, a billion dollars into the Philly yeah. area. Yeah, in the Philly, trying to get it from Colombia to the U.S. somehow to Europe, and he thinks that he won't get caught. No wonder those Phillies guys were catching up to Lance McCullers' pitches. <laughs> they were jacked up. Ready to go. Hey, that would make sense for a lot of the Philly fans and how they were yeah, acting. Yeah, that's true. Hey, they were wilding at the game. But, yeah, all that cocaine in this damn era. Like, this ain't the 80s. You know, like, you know in the 80s you always hear those stories, Miami Vice, Scarface, all those types of stories. Like, cocaine right. was just floating around like water back then. The- but now, 2022, for somebody to try something as nuts as this? Well, this Come is on. it's also the highest level I can think of, Zay. We've had stories in sports where whether it was, you know, there was that Nate Newton story transporting across state lines and there was like hundreds of pounds. I remember the I mean, there's been a couple guys get involved in something really crazy, uh, you know, over the years where, you know, get involved in a little, in, I'd say a little trafficking, get involved in a serious <laughs> trafficking story. I don't ever remember it getting this big, though. A billion dollars. Uh, one of the statements from a DEA special agent says, due to the hard work by local, state, and federal law enforcement, 20 tons of poison was inter- intercepted uh, en route from Colombia to Europe. The arrest underscores law enforcement's commitment to bringing to justice those responsible for causing the most harm to our communities. Wow. Yeah. Yo, when I became an adult, I didn't know how popular cocaine was just in the community. Like, cocaine terrifies me. Anything put up my nose, Mm -hmm. that's the scariest thing in the world. But, hey, I know a lot of millennial people out there that just do it. Like they're uh, uh, just casually, yeah, like they're Michael Douglas 92 Uh, or something like that, Wall Street type stuff. It's just, it's weird. It's weird. I always thought, oh man, cocaine, nobody's really doing cocaine. 
You'd be surprised, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very shysty, very greasy. That's not good. That no. is not good. Um, all right, that's well, that is a wild story. Um, Zay uh, sent me that uh, so I could see it on Twitter. <laughs> Zay is at uh, ain't that underscore Zay on Twitter. I'm at C Hastings 1049. And uh, somebody tweeted at us. Zay, it tells us, uh, it says, look into this. There's an interesting theory about what happened here. Something to do with Monday Night Football? I have no idea. Yeah, I saw this. I don't know what exactly we're looking at. Okay, so, I yeah, I don't either. I'm not sure exactly what that uh, what, what that is. Some I ca- do know the NFL is very good at marketing. To have two Halloween-looking teams play on Halloween is absolutely brilliant. Now, that was good. All that, that was orange. Good. Yeah, yeah, that was very smart. All that orange is good. Yeah, I'm not sure what, what, what we're looking at here on uh, on the tweets. But feel free to tweet us whatever you like, and uh, we will respond if necessary at Hastings 1049 at ain't that underscore Zay. The station, by the way, is at the Horn ATX if you want to check it out on Twitter. Up next, Chip Brown, Horns247.com. His thoughts on that second players-only meeting. Has he ever heard of two players-only meetings during a season? I guess, depending on the team, you might need as many as you can get. And what are his thoughts on Texas and K-State, this matchup coming up Saturday evening? We'll get more on that as we roll on through a Wednesday. Also, getting your thoughts, Astros fans, coming off of last night's loss, a disappointing loss, and Lance McCullers getting shelled, going into tonight's Game 4. How you feeling let us know specs text line 337-3776 will they bounce back tonight we'll talk about it on the horn